0: You're listening to episode 71 of the in-between podcast where you'll discover ideas to build a strong, connected, and joy-filled marriage and family. My name is Daniel M, And
1: I'm Christina M,
0: And we are backing at it
1: from Canada our new recording studio if you've been (laughs) following along (laughs) fancy which is actually the basement guest suite thank you guests for letting us do this with the
0: silver (laughs) head of a deer
1: that's right yeah if you have not seen our little clip of the studio that we are now recording in you can go to our Instagram highlights which is at in between show and click on podcast
0: yeah, so today we are going to be talking about five tips to thrive during your next transition, eh?
1: Or is it y'all? Or maybe you all Eh? Yeah, you all Eh? Yeah, <laughs>
0: a- we should totally a- do that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you, you like what we're talking about, y'all? A- <laughs> a-
1: <laughs> so as you might have noticed, we've been on a little bit of a break for the last two months. And why is that, Daniel?
0: Well, it's because we moved... Uh, to another country (laughs) pretty much pretty much yeah what was it like two three thousand miles miles away yep yeah so it's kind of crazy how it all happened we weren't thinking about it nor were we really even planning it and and neither did we just wake up one day and we're like hey let's move back to edmonton (laughs) it's something that uh started back uh, probably last year now back in the fall where we just started as both of us would spend time with god and, and and pray and read the scriptures God just started to unsettle our hearts. Uh, and one moment after another, mm-hmm. opportunity after another, which we'll get into during the podcast, uh, God just opened up the doors and now we're here.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. So that's a long story in a nutshell. And we will break it down into more tangible, understandable pieces. But we wanted to bring up this topic because now that it's September, Rather than talking about how to have the best summer ever, which we did mention in episode 70 that we would be doing, we thought we'd tackle the oh-so-constant issue of transitions.
0: Yeah, I mean, transitions, it seems to be the thing that always comes up. Maybe it's just the, the age that we are, or the, the yeah, age of our kids. exactly. Just the transient nature where it's just, you know, how often do you meet someone who finds a job after graduation and, and works that same job? in that same city that they grew up in for the rest of their lives
1: completely even living in Nashville they have this hashtag Nashville unicorn because those (laughs) are people who actually born and raised in Nashville that is very few and far in between so even in that our world is so big and yet so connected because we can literally travel anywhere
0: yeah and for us we have transitioned quite a bit not because we necessarily had planned our entire lives for that right we got married in ottawa Mm -hmm. moved to montreal then moved to korea we've actually
1: moved (laughs) nine times i've counted Uh, that to three different countries and i think six or seven different cities yeah
0: so for us not that it was intentional but we've learned quite a bit on transitions and in transitions a lot of mistakes that we've made and other times that we've been like you know what we would definitely do that again. Mm -hmm. So what we really wanted to do was to give you five tips so that during your next transition, if if you're right now going through a transition or you feel like you are about to, that these five tips are going to help you thrive rather than just survive during this next season of your life.
1: So whether it's a job transition, friends moving away, maybe you moving away, or even death in your family, we hope these tips will help you.
0: Yeah, and that's a really good point. Even if you're staying put... If your closest friends or some of your family members are moving away and you're still working the same job and your kids are still going to the same school, that is transition. Completely. And that will affect you.
1: All right, let's jump right into it. So what is tip number one, Daniel?
0: Slow down. Mm,
1: But we live in such a fast paced world. How are we supposed to slow down and why is that even important?
0: Okay. So because we live in such a fast paced world, slowing down can help us make better decisions. In the Bible, it talks about being quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry and abounding in love. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, and I love that. But when we think about the different approaches to transition, everyone seems to have a different orientation or a, or a default or a normal regarding time, don't they?
1: Yes, when we're talking about the Enneagram, so if you have not listened to episode 69 or 70 where we talked about the Enneagram, those are great places to go back and to start listening and learning more. We'll link those to our show notes, which Mm -hmm. will be inbetween.org slash episode 71. So in terms of the Enneagram, they actually split up these nine different numbers into orientations to time. Mm -hmm. So there's a future orientation, the past and the present. In the simplest of terms, the orientation to time is due in part to the stance in which your center of intelligence is repressed or the things that you've pushed down. Because of the things that happen to us in our that we experience in childhood, so usually the stuff that kind of hurts us and wounds yeah, us, even yeah. if it's on an unconscious level, we are losing our ability to balance the three centers of intelligence, which are thinking, feeling, and doing.
0: Okay, so you're saying that that actually affects how we view time. Yes, okay.
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, where it's almost most comfortable to oh, look to or yeah. to stay in. And that's where we default go to.
0: Yes, I like, I like that word, what's most comfortable. So it's kind of that normal. Yes. So even for you and I, Christina, we're the same number. We're both threes and threes are future focused. Yes. Right. And it's interesting when we discovered that because a lot of times we can, <laughs> I mean, even in the early years of our marriage, I mean, still now to this point, we would just, how often would we talk about the future and it would just be our default wouldn't it
1: Exactly. So the Enneagram types 3, 7, and 8, they're the ones that are future focused. And with you and I, Daniel, do you find sometimes that if we're stuck in, like, let's say the present kind of sucks and we're like, oh, this is hard, but let's dream. Yeah. Let's think of, you know, if time and money were not...
0: Uh, we're yeah. no object. What would you do exactly. with it? I don't know how many times Exactly. We've about and then
1: we just be able to launch into <laughs> yeah. that because we are future focused and also feeling repressed. And so we don't want to stick with maybe the hard emotions of the present or the past and so we just jump into the future
0: okay okay just wait 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 a second okay so are you saying that when we look to the future and we're asking questions like if time and money were no object Mm -hmm. what would you do with your life this is not just an issue of us dealing or, or being excited with the future but it's actually us wanting to find a way to not deal with our present emotions
1: exactly i did not want you to talk about (laughs) that (laughs) so three sevens and eights are comfortable at looking to the future where there aren't any feelings yet that we need to deal with um, except good feelings for us Um, like anticipation excitement hopefulness, positive feelings like that, right? Yeah, Where the future-oriented numbers have a harder time recognizing where maybe they need to apologize, where they've missed out on opportunities along the way or even relationships along the way or different opportunities that we wish we had paid attention to.
0: Wow. Okay. So that's three, seven, and eight. That's right. So you're future focused, but you will often do that because you're repressing your present feelings. Or past. Or your past feelings. Exactly. So what about the present focused?
1: Okay. So the types that are present focused are number one, two, and six, and they are thinking repressed. So instead of you know, how the first numbers that we were talking about are feeling repressed. These are the types that are not necessarily thinking through everything that's happened. So those numbers don't have to carry with them what has already happened. And also they don't have to make plans for the future or where they're going to go.
0: Interesting. So I guess maybe a common phrase that a one, two or six might say during a transition is, hey, what about now? What about, and, and, and they're you're saying they're not really even going to want to think much about the future or, the, or past, the past, right? but just trying to figure out, okay, what are we doing today? What are we doing right. now? Okay. So they
1: might be the people who are like, stop and smell the roses. Yes.
0: Okay. Yeah. That makes sense.
1: Like, why am I going to think about the future when the yeah, present is so great? I have no control so over this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay.
0: Yeah. So I could see the conflict that might happen in a marriage and during transition mm-hmm. when you might have one spouse that is future oriented and focused and the other that is present and some of the tension i i guess it really depends on your number right so so one can really drive that and the other one's like yeah but what about this and and, and if you are not aware that one of you are present-focused and the others future-focused, that could actually be a great source of tension and conflict in your marriage too.
1: Right. And another thing to recognize as well, especially since we've made this transition with our children who are older and are able to comprehend a little bit more of what's going on, their orientations to time will come into that as well of what they're maybe sad about or excited about, so on and so forth. And also the people that we are looking toward in terms of giving us feedback or helping us to which is great. It's Mm -hmm. great to be able to invite people that you love and trust um, who hear God and really are focused on him to invite them into the conversation. Also realize that they will have different things and ask questions maybe due to their orientation of time as well.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's really good. So we've talked about future being three, seven, and eight. Present being one, two, and six. So then that leaves which numbers for a past orientation? So
1: the past focused types are four, five, and nine, and they are doing repressed. Those types are going to want to sit in the past because it's more comfortable, and it's harder to make decisions about the future because that's when you have to start thinking about it, right? That's when you're including the head part into that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and because they want to focus in on the past, they don't even want to do and move forward into the future then
1: right yeah, yeah okay. and maybe not okay. even want to but it just takes that uh, extra yes. nudge. Okay. no
0: that's that's a good clarification there and if you're listening here and, and maybe you've tuned into our podcast for the very first time because we've had a little bit of a hiatus during the summer and you're like man what in the world are you talking about number this number that just go back to episode 69 and 70 where we had our Enneagram coach Lauren, on, Gray. Lauren Gray who helped us understand Enneagram and how, how the Enneagram relates to our communication styles and and all of that so be sure to listen back to those two episodes so Christina for us and we mentioned this a little bit earlier for us both as threes the way we approached this transition from Nashville to Edmonton was unique right and it, and it was really unique because of how we've been learning about the Enneagram and, and how we've both understood the fact that our natural, our normal is the future, right? Our normal is to say, okay, goodbye and, and repress the feelings of the past and, and the move present on, baby. and just move on right and and for us even though it would have been so natural for us to just do that and move quick and say okay what do we need to do to get moving for the future and yes i still have this massive to do i mean it's the a massive evernote document on moving <laughs> to canada because i was like we got to get things done we got to make sure that all the boxes are checked as much as this was our natural draw to the future we had to we had to slow down, right? We had to listen to this first tip of slowing down so that we could be content with where we are, so that we could say goodbye well, so that we can uh, process not only just for us, but for our kids as well, because they're not threes, Mm -hmm. so we think.
1: And realizing all these emotions are coming out of them in ways that they're learning to process as well and learning to grieve. So it's amazing knowing that we're future-oriented, but also realizing that how important it is to stay in the present. So for example, we helped our kids create a bucket list Mm. of things that they wanted to do to say goodbye to Nashville Well. Yeah, that's right. And then we are also, as we've moved to Edmonton for now about a month, and helping them also deal with the past. Mm. So yes, we still have times that we talk about Nashville and we cry and we say, hey, it was so much easier here because of this. I love this, I miss this. And instead of being like, yeah, 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 but but look how great Edmonton is and whatnot, and not brushing those aside, but realizing that it is important for us to feel those emotions, to stop, to slow down, and to continue the process of grieving
0: yeah and honestly to be honest we have multiple times tried to brush aside the present feelings or them crying and being like oh but look at edmonton look at this and let's go do that and and that's definitely i i don't know if it cheered them up but it definitely distracted them i guess <laughs> yeah <laughs> but what are we doing right we're, we're causing them to repress what they might be mm-hmm. feeling and what they need to process so for us coming to Edmonton on August 6th, we intentionally took a month off, right? Intentionally, I didn't start work until after Labor Day. The kids didn't start school until after Mm -hmm. Labor Day, and we were unpacking, we were celebrating, we were re-exploring Edmonton, and and we really wanted to slow down because we know that not our children, not all of our children, are going to be future oriented, and they need to they need to process what had happened. And sometimes, and we do. It takes time. Yeah, yeah. Of course. The other reason before we move on to our next tip that we need to slow down is honestly simply because of. Amazon <laughs> okay <laughs> not mean? maybe directly because of Amazon but we have been conditioned for the instant right I mean Amazon just just think about this for a little bit we ordered something from another furniture company from another company and, and it took like three weeks to get here we ordered something from another one and it took two weeks and it's just like you're like what is going on here it, it's, it's, it's like taking forever and then you order something from Amazon and it comes the next morning like this two is two hours yeah, or two hours. Yeah. I mean, this is how we've now been conditioned. So we need to understand every time we make a decision and I've been helping a few other people around me try to understand this. Right. Every time you make a decision or every time you get excited about something or or you feel that uh, that that change is coming or, or that God might be opening a door for you, we need to understand that making the decision is and being clear on what that next step is, is very different than timing. Timing and making the decision are two different variables. And because of, because we've been so conditioned for the, for the instant, we automatically assume that just because, right, just because we've made the decision to go and we have clarity there, we think it's now. And we think, okay, that means I gotta quit my job, we gotta do this and we gotta figure it out all now. Whereas maybe it's a year from now, maybe it's five years from now, Maybe it's six months from now. So we need to just understand that there is a difference. Sometimes it coincides, the timing, but oftentimes it doesn't.
1: That's a great point, Daniel. So right now, if you are considering going through a transition, take a deep breath. (sighs) (laughs) There you go. Okay. So let's go on to point two after our deep breath. (laughs) Point two is that we need to understand that everyone's stress level will increase, because it is stressful mm-hmm. and it will likely come out in different ways. So as we mentioned in episode 34, where we talked about the five stressful life transitions that no one talks about, moving is in one of the top 10 stressors in life. Because at the same time, you're probably selling a house you're buying a house or you're trying to end a lease and trying to find another lease. Yeah. You're saying goodbye to friends and family and coworkers and children's friends and teachers, so on and so forth. And, and, and you
0: might not be able to say goodbye to everyone. Right. And there might be some people who, who you have unresolved conflict with that it's just easy not to deal with, mm-hmm. but that adds a stress onto everything too. It
1: does, yes. You're trying to finish your job and trying not to check out because you still want a great reference from them. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. thinking about your new job and all of those things that go with it. And then you're thinking, hey, like how do I find a different school for my children? What neighborhood should I live in? Because does that affect it? So on and so forth. Just just a lot to keep ca-
0: The wait is over. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends, and will learn all about biblical life lessons, such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. Consider. Yeah, so point one, we need to slow down and understand our orientation of time. And the second one is we just need to understand that everyone will actually, everyone's stress level will increase, right? That's just... It's not even will it or will it not right. it will increase but the way that we demonstrate that and the way that we react the way that we all will all react to that increase in stress will be different for everyone in your family
1: yeah so let's take our three kids for example okay our youngest is the baby. Yeah. And even though he's not of baby age, he's 5 years old. Sometimes the whininess can come out when he's tired. Mm-hmm. During this whole transition, the whininess took to the extreme and it's I really am not a big fan of whininess and so it's really easy for me to like almost just get angry at it and then realizing, "Hey, no, actually, he's grieving. He's processing. He's stressing about how he doesn't know what kind of friends are going to be mm-hmm. uh, in Edmonton waiting for him. He doesn't know, are his, all his toys going to make it? What's going to happen? Is he going to be able to bike around the neighborhood like he usually does? All mm-hmm. these different questions. And it's coming out for him of being whiny.
0: Yeah. I mean, just think about it. You're a five-year-old and you just your bed was just sold yeah (laughs) and you now need to sleep on a cot for the next two weeks which happened to him yes it did i mean that's very disruptive how much do you sleep in the cot versus (laughs) coming to our bed but that's another story right (laughs) another time (laughs) (laughs) all right so his whininess went to extremes yes uh and then our middle daughter
1: yes so our middle daughter when she is stressed she just gets angry.
0: Yes, that's right.
1: So her fuse is quite short. Like
0: cutest angry. Oh my goodness.
1: <laughs> she has the cutest little pouty face. It's like you try not to laugh because that would just get her even angrier. That's true.
0: It's true. She's
1: little but fierce on yes. <laughs> that one. And so it's usually probably only about once a month where she gets a little bit feisty. Mm. But this time it was like if you looked at her the wrong way or if you touched her by accident when you were, you know, brushing by her, she would yell at her siblings Mm -hmm. and just everything would make her so angry. Yeah,
0: that's right. That's right. And our oldest, it's it was control, right? It wasn't whininess it wasn't anger but it was a sense of control and i don't know if that has anything to do with her being the firstborn (laughs) maybe (laughs) but her control definitely went to extremes yes
1: and so she wanted to control every situation that she could and she also wanted to control her siblings and she also wanted to try to control us (laughs)
0: so all of this affects everyone in the family right and we didn't even talk about for us how the stress affected us mm-hmm. right and our marriage and, and even for us we knew right we wanted to both as enneagram threes we wanted to continue the podcast through the summer we had plans we had all the episodes like okay this is what we're gonna do interviews everything exactly. and we just both looked at each other and it was like man if we we can do this oh we can plow through it but what is the consequence then gonna be
1: exactly what's the expense
0: yeah and we can ignore the present we can say hey kids get over it or kids do this we're gonna look to the future and know we had to take our own advice (laughs) as hard as it was (laughs) we had to slow down and we need to we had to just understand in light of all the other transitions that we had made that yes this is stressful and it's not just me and you anymore right it's our kids so we Mm -hmm. had to take that time to slow down
1: so and we want to take this time to say thank you thank you for understanding thank you for reaching out and asking are y'all okay yeah (laughs) that was actually really encouraging yeah so we appreciate that
0: yeah several of you reached out to us on social media at in between show you emailed us in between podcast at gmail.com you just tried to be encouraging and you're like hey uh Are you going to start the podcast again? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. So we thank you for that. Thank you for reaching out. That was definitely encouraging for us. All right. So that's point one and point two. Point three is we need to be led by love and not pushed by fear
1: it's one of our favorite sayings from an author who wrote the next right thing emily p freeman
0: yeah so we've talked about her in one of the past episodes here and there and and even our enneagram coach brought this up as well as we were trying to process our transition and she was helping us with this as well Honestly, this phrase being led by love and not being pushed by fear has really become an anthem for us. It's become a, a, a guiding light because it, there's just so much wisdom in that. Mm-hmm. And when I think about that phrase, it reminds me of that song, fear is a liar, right? I'm not going to attempt to sing it. I don't know what the copyrights are <laughs> and all that, but I'll, but I'll read some of the lyrics for you. Okay. Fear is a liar. He will take your breath, stop you in your steps. Fear is a liar. He will rob your rest. Steal your happiness, cast your fear in the fire because fear, he is a liar. Let your fire fall and cast out all my fears. Let your fire fall, your love is all I feel. Let your fire fall and cast out all my fears. Let your fire fall, your love is all I feel. And going back to that Emily P. Freeman quote, be led by love and not pushed by fear. In this transition that you might be going through right now, or one that might be coming up, what does it look like for you to cast aside fear? Because fear is a liar. Fear will rob your rest, take your breath, right? It will steal your happiness. What would it look like? Steal your sleep. Yes. (laughs) What would it look like if you were to cast that out, not be pushed by it, not be led by it, but be led by love instead? Imagine what this transition might look like.
1: So that quote meant a lot to me as we were deciding which school to send our kids. So unlike the state, in some places in Canada, so specifically where we live in Edmonton, you can pretty much send your kids to whatever school, even if it's it's not designated for your area, as long as there's room. A lot of times it's as long as you're willing to drive them. So I had about seven or eight different schools that I had on my list to look into and to call and to decide of where the kids should go. And I was starting to realize that I was getting really anxious about it. Mm -hmm. Wasn't hearing back from the principals. The kids were asking me, mom, which school are we going to? It's like school's a week away. I'm like, I haven't heard anything. And just starting to get really anxious and fearful of, oh, we should send them to this school because, and we shouldn't send them to this school because. Mm -hmm. And realizing, taking a step back, slowing down and realizing, oh, wait, I'm starting to make these decisions because I am fearful of what they are going to experience or I'm fearful of the things that they are going to miss out on instead of really coming before God and asking him, uh, God, which school do you want us to go to? And asking Daniel, like, let's look into this together. Mm-hmm. Think of some questions that we want to ask the principal, go in and to visit the schools and make a decision out of that.
0: Yeah. And for me, as we were praying about moving back, I wasn't the only candidate being interviewed. So for me, as we were praying and processing and and I had really sensed that God was saying, no, I want you back in Edmonton. I want you back at Beulah Alliance Church. I want you to be a part of helping lead this church into the future. We had to surrender, consciously choose surrender and love, right? In our heart of hearts, we we're like, yeah, but... God, you've opened up the door thus far. Why don't we know anything yet? And, and, and as we were trying to process this, not only from the perspective of when are we going to hear back, but from the perspective of our hearts, hey, if we hear back, you know, and they say yes or they say no, what are we going to do? How are we going to respond? How are we going to choose an active posture toward this discernment and processing posture, uh, opportunity rather than a passive one? We had to consciously choose surrender and love rather than fear, right? It, it was. It's so easy in every transition that you go through because it's the unknown, right? It's the future you know what is today, you know what's in the past, but the future is one of those things that, man, we all wish that we can be fully in control of. Mm-hmm. We all wish that we could say, no, 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 I can do this, or I can plan this, and I can do this, And but there's so many variables that you just have no control whatsoever over. It's so easy in that in, th- in those situations to be anxious, right? To be anxious, so think about this. Um, what would it look like in this transition, especially if you're waiting for a job offer or you're, you're waiting on someone else to get back to you, what would it look like if you looked at this situation of waiting and said, hey, this is, this is not mine. This is not my position to gain. This is not my position to lose. This is not a spot in the school that I need to win. That It's not <laughs> something that I need to lose. No, rather, what would it look like if you were to cast your fear aside look to God and say, God, I know that you are for me and not against me. And I'm going to trust that you hold my future in your hands and actively choose to surrender, actively choose to surrender because God knows way more about all the variables than any of us ever can.
1: That's right. I love that, Daniel. And it actually fits in perfectly with point number four, which is trust God with your future and trust God with your family.
0: Yeah. If you look at Luke chapter 11, there's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And maybe it's been a long time since you've ever opened up the Bible. Uh, If you don't have a Bible, just look online, Luke chapter 11, verse 11 to 13. And in that, you see that God is a good father, right? We read that God is a good father. And if you look at Romans chapter eight, and you see that God is for you and not against you. So in seasons of transition, we need to understand that our primary responsibility is not to strategically outline all possible avenues forward, which honestly has been both of our default methods. are <laughs> really good at that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Our primary responsibility in seasons of transition is to look to and trust in the one who knows all possible avenues forward. In other words... The best thing that you can do during this season of transition is surrender. And I'm not talking about some passive, laissez-faire approach to life and decision making. I'm talking about an active surrender uh, to actively surrender your good ideas for God's best idea for your life.
1: And we put in trust God with our family Mm -hmm. because I don't know about you, Daniel, but probably about two years ago, I just continued to be struck by fear and anxiety about what about the kids? What about the kids this? What about the kids that? And really learning throughout the year as I continued to bring it before God that he continued to remind me that Christina, your children are actually on loan to you. Our children are on loan to us. God is ultimately their heavenly father. Mm -hmm. And like we said before, that he gives good gifts and he is a good father. And there's no way... That we can control everything, but he is the one in control. So by learning to surrender our control or our quote unquote control and our children to God, then that's just even helping us in that way to learn to trust him because he is good.
0: Yeah, so I'm not going to get into it in this podcast, but if you go to inbetween.org slash episode 71, you'll find two links to my website to danielim.com and, and when you go there, you'll actually see in those two links, uh, articles that I wrote that outline all the ways, uh, really more the nitty gritty of what happened during these last what is it? Eight months of transition. So be sure to check that out because it's, it's super encouraging. And, and I know if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, but we are going through a transition. What about this? What about that? I know that those two articles are going to help you uh, just take this podcast to the next step, to the next level. So be sure to check that out at inbetween.org episode 71. All right. So bringing us home, Christina, we've talked about four tips so far to thrive during our next transition. What is our last one?
1: The last one is to celebrate, <laughs> celebrate good times Dun-dun. come on, <laughs> and also to
0: grief. Oh, yeah.
1: So uh, celebrating and grieving, mm-hmm. or grieving to celebrating, is an ongoing thing. I kind of wish—I don't know about you, Daniel. Maybe because we're future-oriented, I kind of want to get over the grieving part. Like, I'll give you two days to grieve. <laughs> And then the rest of and the time, how- and then the rest of the time we're celebrating. No soup for you. Exactly. We're <laughs> celebrating and we are moving on. Yeah. I, I
0: wish it was linear. Yeah, right. Man, that'd be so, so much, much easier. cleaner. Yeah. So much
1: easier. So much cleaner. Yes, a lot less messy. Yeah. But that is not the case. Mm. And actually, you can hold both at the same time. Yeah, You can hold grief, you can hold sorrow, and you can hold joy and celebration in the same situation, in the same two hands that we have.
0: Yeah, it's circular in many ways. I mean, even on the topic of emotions, just watch the Pixar Disney film Inside Out. Mm -hmm. It's such a beautiful illustration of how we can actually hold two emotions in tension. And in transition... There's going to be a lot of grieving. There's going to be a lot of celebrating in the same day, even in the same hour. That's right. (laughs) You can go from one to the other. And it's not bad, right? It's not bad. It's actually a healthy thing. It's very normal. Yeah.
1: Right. So I'll end with this quick story. Y'all know that we had the greatest cul de sac in Nashville. Yes. And it kind of just happened from day one. We just went outside and our neighbors greeted us and it grew from there. Mm -hmm. So this time it's been a little bit of a slower process. Canadians, in the most part, are a little bit more reserved. Mm -hmm. Two weeks into living here, a neighbor comes over and invites us to a cul-de-sac party. Mm-hmm. My heart is leaping out of my body. <laughs> I'm like, tell me where, tell me when, tell me what you need. I will be there. Yeah, We will drop whatever plans we have. We are there. And so that happened a week later. And it was wonderful. It was so nice to meet our neighbors. They are so friendly and generous and kind. All of it. We live like four doors down. Mm -hmm. As we're walking back from this cul-de-sac party, which was wonderful, my heart just began to sink. Because as much as I love meeting new people, if you have strengths as if you know the strengths finder one of my top is woo i love meeting new people i love getting to know them stories making connections and then there's this middle part mm. where it's like you know where they live you know what job they have you know their favorite color their favorite food favorite restaurant and then there's this middle section where it's kind of blah like what do you what do you ask now mm. it takes more effort yeah. and then there's you you cross that threshold and you become really good friends yeah. or you stay in that middle awkward part and i hate that middle part mm. and so as we're walking back i am flooded with all these emotions of celebration that we met these new people making connections and grief that I have to start over and it's not as comfortable and it's not as easy and it's not the same. And I miss Nashville and I miss my cul-de-sac and I miss my friends and I miss my church and all of this stuff. And I was just so sad. Mm -hmm. Do you remember? I'm like, why am I so sad? This was a great night. Why am I crying?
0: It really was a great night. And in that walk home, right? It was celebration to grieving, to celebration to grieving, and back and forth. So it's okay. It's okay. When you're going through this next transition, it's okay to grieve. It's okay to celebrate. It's okay to be in the middle. And don't expect. that the moment you move to that next place where your friends leave and they get on a in their car and drive away or get on an airplane and leave and and you're like, You were just celebrating and now you're grieving. Mm-hmm. I mean, the morning will come again. The morning will come. And there are gonna be moments where you go back and forth, but don't don't dismiss it, don't ignore it but so can that slow down and ultimately give it all to God Mm -hmm. because his shoulders are big enough to bear the weight of your sorrow and your celebration and your burdens and he wants to and he welcomes that definitely so there you go five tips we're back right back in the podcast five tips to thrive during your next transition And next week, Christina, what are we going to be talking about?
1: We are going to be interviewing Aaron and Jennifer Smith Mm -hmm. about learning to dream with your spouse. I think this is an awesome episode to follow up on our episode 71 because maybe you're not in transition or maybe you want to transition. Maybe you're just asking uh, what's next. I just feel very, maybe even stuck in the present. So they're going to talk to us and teach us of the importance of dreaming with your spouse and the
0: how-tos awesome so there you go inbetween.org slash episode 71 shoot that link over to a friend share this episode with a friend in your uh in your podcasting app i know we all know people going through transition and we do hope that you can share this message and encourage them as well all right we'll catch you next time